Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of Pushing the Limits. Today, I have Neil Wagstaff, who is my wingman at Running Hot Coaching, and we are going to be talking everything about running in preparation for a good training session, how to tell if you're ready for that session that's on your your list today. Uh, We're talking stress levels, we're talking sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems, we're talking activating muscles, uh, we're talking lymph and circulation, and a whole lot of great info that you don't want to miss if you're into exercising, fitness, or running. Uh, Before we go over to the show, though, just want to remind you, please give a rating and review to the show if you enjoy it, share it with your family and friends. Uh, We've been going now for five and a half years, and we've been uh, in the top 200 globally ranked shows in health and fitness genre and we really appreciate your support and every one of those uh, reviews and ratings really helps the show uh, get seen by more people, heard by more people so they can get this great information that we're getting out. Just want to also let you know we are are taking on uh, a small number of clients on -on one-on-one health optimization consulting. If you've got a really tricky health situation, if you're not getting the results that you want uh, in the normal world, if you are needing help navigating some complicated situations, um, then we'd love to help you. We only work with a very, very few people at a time, and that requires quite a commitment uh, from us, from the research side of things and helping people optimize their health or navigate their way back to health. So if that sounds like something like you would like to know about, um, please email me, lisa at lisatamati.com. We only work with a very few people at a time at that level. So um, just letting you know that that's available. Now, over to the show with uh, Neil Wagstaff and Havelock North, and I hope you enjoy this fantastic interview. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Pushing the Limits. This week, I have my wingman, Neil Wagstaff. Neil, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, mate. I'm very good. How are you? It's very hot here, so <laughs> I'm sweating well, a little bit. today as well. Yeah, yeah very, very humid. <laughs> right, people, today we have a really good webinar for you or podcast episode for you all around the importance. This is one for runners, really. Um, and it's all around runners' warm-ups, why you need to do one, what's included, why you need to incorporate breathing into that uh, warm-up routine. It's, it's, it's more than just running warm-ups. Uh, believe me, you'll get some great value if you're a runner in this one or if you're into fitness. Um, we're going to be talking about the importance of run-specific movements to prepare for your run, and we're going to be going over some of our top drills to activate your body and get you ready. So, Neil, we did a fabulous session yesterday on this, and it was so valuable we decided we got to record this for the po- podcast. So. Um, over to you, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks. And as you say, it is, it is a lot more than uh, than just the runners, the runners warm up. But it's gone of the days where you just lace up your shoes and run out the door. Yeah. Um, that's what many, you know, we we definitely did in the in the older days. And a lot of our um, our clients we work with do a lot of people, as you said in the introduction as well. It's not just the runners; it's in a in an uh, exercise environment as well. So we put a lot of emphasis on this in the gym environment. So important, mm-hmm. there should be some some good nuggets for everyone. So the first things first, before you even think about the warm-up, is understanding about what we call your bucket of stress. So the bucket of stress, if you all imagine you've got that bucket sitting in front of you, 
and within that bucket there's there's things that will will fill it up mm-hmm. now some of those things are going to be what's going on in your daily life they're going to be your kids um they're going to be your work they're going to be family they're going to be other stresses and um, that, that are happening and then you layer exercise on the top of it so with the bucket of stress, it's understanding how full yours is. If you're going to go out and do a high-intensity interval run um, where you're doing 1K, um, 1K uh, intervals at 80, 80, 90% of your max effort and your bucket is already overflowing, then that run, those interval runs on top, are just going to cause your body more stress and more loads, which will give you a pretty um, harsh response, which will then result in injuries, nibbles, and pain. Yeah. On days where your bucket is full, what you want to be doing is is really changing your workout or changing your routine to suit that to suit that um, to suit how you how you're feeling. Okay, yeah. yeah and you you and I have had massive conversations over the years about the um, bucket, bucket of stress. <laughs> What's your yeah? Give us give us your uh, your perspective of it and how you manage your your routine a little bit differently now. Yeah, and I'm still uh, probably a, a, a bad example some days. <laughs> you're, good, you're good work in progress. You're good I'm work in progress. progress. <laughs> Practice. Do what I say, not what I preach sometimes. Um, but it's really, I have really adopted the fact that it is important to do uh, a warm-up when you're preparing for a run and also to understand what we're trying to get across here is that just because stress is good for your body, I mean, sorry, running is good for your body or exercise is a good a good stressor, if you like, it is still adding to your total stress load. So the level that Neil used to run at when he was uh, not a dad of three little children and had a bit more time and didn't have a massive gym and a couple of businesses to run, uh, he could dedicate more intense time to training without breaking himself, if that makes sense. Now, because his his energies are split in every which way, he has to be a little bit more careful how he prepares for an event, the time that he takes for it, and the time that he prepares his body. So if if your training plan says today you should be going out and smashing a really long run or a really intense run, but you haven't got the resources because you had a really shitty night's sleep and you didn't drink enough yesterday and you didn't eat properly and the kids have been up all night and goodness knows what else, you've got a lot of stress and a lot of worries on your mind, then you're probably not going to get that that adaption, adaptation, sorry, when you uh, do that training, which is what you're actually doing it for. It's not just about ticking the box because my coach said or my plan said that I had to do that today and I've ticked the box, therefore I am good to go. It is about saying, is my body going to respond to this training session today, yes or no, or would I be better to postpone that really intense workout to a little bit later, maybe tomorrow, and I'll get to bed early tonight and I'll drink well and I'll hydrate well and I'll do all the other bits and pieces well, and then I might be a bit more prepared for that. Does that make sense? So you're not doing things when your body is not going to get the adaptations because that's what training is about. It's not about the actual run where you actually get the results. It's in the recovery phase. So understanding where your body is at, um, which is a really good segue into our wellness checklist, isn't it, Neil? Yeah. So yeah, as you go, you go, go through as well as just asking yourself each, each day um, where you're at on a number of, number of different things and things we get with our wellness checklist. And you, you can all do at home as you listen to this is a simple scale of one to 10. So one to 10 on these things we're going to talk about. How well did you sleep? So that's the first one. How well have you eaten? 
Um, where you're at from a nutrition point of view. Lisa's already mentioned hydration, number three. So how well have you hydrated? How well have you moved? What sort of exercise movement have you done in the past um, the past day on a scale of one to 10? And then energy-wise, where's your energy score at? One being in the toilet, 10 minutes up at rock and roll levels, you're ready to party. Um, body, any niggles, any injuries, and your stress score. So one with the stress will be low and 10 will be good. That'll give you a total score. If you've got a score up over 50, and it'd be a good indication that you're ready to go and do and do a warm up that is is relates to what's in your program. Mm-hmm. If it's saying that we're doing the example of the one k intervals, then that puts us in a position that we should be ready to do it. If my score is lower, which some days it is, then I'll look at my program and go right. I've got intervals, but I'm actually my score's down at forty. Mm-hmm. So those two workouts don't match up then. So what I then do is go. I can still go train, but my train may be a recovery run instead. So I fill my I feel my energy levels back up. If you are continuously having low scores with a full stress bucket, it's not a runner's warm-up you want to be considering. It's a bit, It's really another strategy, which is how am I going to empty some of my stresses out of my bucket? Because yep. your bucket should be managed more on a daily basis so that you, you know, 80, 90% of the time you're doing what your program says. It's just having the confidence and understanding that some days when things don't go perfectly, you can tweak it. Okay, so just to recap, sleep, nutrition, hydration, movement, energy, body and stress scale of one to ten one being in the toilet ten being rock and roll and we can send the or add yeah, the we'll put um, this in the show notes actually the wellness, the the wellness check to yep. the to the show notes yeah so that's understanding again really helps you manage your um manage your bucket so before you've even warmed up you're asking what's my session i'm going to do now i know what type of warm-up to do mm-hmm. the other bit to consider as well is really really a little bit about your why if you are many programs out there, we've looked at over the years are designed by ex-professional runners, yeah, um, often male, without yep. being um, being given the men a hard time. <laughs> um, often by by men. Um, in our business, we work with a lot of ladies. Um, over seventy percent of our businesses is working with females, and a lot of our athletes we're working with are are mums or dads, and they have got busy work lives, busy family lives. So those programs and running five, six days a week just doesn't work. So ask the question as well, what's your why and who are you? So for me, and personally, as, as Lisa knows, with three, my three little ones, Ellen, Cam and Annie, I, I love the idea of getting dressed up as Superman, okay? And um, we shared a couple of pictures of me dressed up as Superman when we were talking. Yeah, quite hilarious. Um, <laughs> so it, it's understanding that you're, what your why is and why you're doing it. I want to be my superhero for my kids. Therefore, the type of workout is different now, as Lisa said earlier, than I was doing in my in pre-kids mm-hmm. and when I was back in my in my 30s. Then I was thinking more like a professional yeah. hardcore athlete yeah. and wanted to be doing – so therefore, the warm-up is going to be different. So what we're trying to do, and the big thing, especially from Lisa's perspective as well, is how important mindset is. We're really big on that with what we do as well. So understanding what mindset you're going into this workout in. So for me, I'm going in as a superhero, wanting to be a superhero for my – for my kids, some people who are listening will be going in with a professional athlete mentality. Mm-hmm. So how you prepare your mind is going to be key f- when you understand your why before you warm up. There's no need for me to warm up like a professional athlete if I'm wanting to go and warm up like a superhero. It's a different mindset as I do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And, I mean, like, I'll give you an example out of my sort of, you know, day. So if I'm, like, full-on busy with the business all day and I'm sitting a lot at the computer and meetings and blah, 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 and then it comes 5 o'clock and I go, right, I'm shutting the computer, I'm out the door. 
And if I go out without any preparation and, and we've had arguments with people, they say, well, I'll just slowly increase my pace. Isn't that a warm up? Uh, no, it's not a warm up. <laughs> and I, I'm still guilty of this on occasion when, because you're like, you've got half an hour and you've got to get out the door and you don't want to do a warm up inside. But there's a couple of pieces missing out of that puzzle. And there's a really important reasons why you firstly, you want to shift your mind. You've been in work mode all, all day and now you've got to, oh my gosh, you've got to go and train. And the last thing you feel like when you've been sitting for hours in a static position uh, is to go and do a full-on workout. So you have to change your mindset because you can fail before you get out the door. And a lot of people have this argument with themselves every single day. It's like, that's on my list but I'm knackered from work and I don't feel like going out the door and I just want to go home and eat a packet of chips and sit on the couch. And um, so there's a couple of tricks that I use to, to get myself out of that, uh, that, that thought process. Um, so there's a couple of rituals that I do. So when I go, I go and I go, right, I'm going to get into my training gear, regardless of whether I'm going out the door or not. Uh, because I'm just going to do that. And when I just go and do that, I put my training gear on. That is a ritual for me that I am, my body starts to go, oh, we're, we're heading for training. We, get, we, we, got, we, better, we better get ready. And it gives you enough, a couple of minutes, just to get your mind in, in the new space. You've been in the workspace or the driving space or whatever you've been in, and now you're entering a new phase and you, you're bringing yourself into the present moment. You're getting your gear on. And for me, putting my running gear on is always for me like putting on my armor and I'm getting ready for a battle of sorts. It doesn't always have to be a hardcore workout, but I'm getting ready for action. Then the next thing I do, once my gear's on, it's like, well, I might as well, I might as well just do a little bit of a warm-up and see how I go. Like this is when I'm having those days when I don't want to train, you know? <laughs> you know those ones? These are the tricks that I do to get myself out the blooming door. So then I start to activate my muscles and we're going to go through a whole list of things with Neil right now. But just from a mindset point of view, when I start doing my dynamic stretches and my activation and my thing and I'm getting my heart rate up and then by the time I've done that for a few minutes, my mind is ready for the, the actually going out and then my body is also woken up. Uh, so that's just a little bit of a mindset tip to get yourself out the door and bring yourself into the present moment. We also like to incorporate in that some breathing exercises. So just we could we could talk for hours on breathing. There is so much to learn about breathing, but just to give you just a simple, quick exercise that you can do before you go out. So you've just come from work. You're going to do a box breathing exercise where you're breathing in for four in the inhale, holding it for four, out for four with the exhale, a nice strong exhale, and then holding it for four. And you just do that box rhythm for maybe three, maybe four breaths. And in that time, close your eyes, center yourself into your body, start to feel your heart pumping, start to feel how do my arms and my legs feel. And I, and you're just pulling your focus in and then you'll be ready once your time, you, you've opened your eyes, you'll be ready to get underway or get your, your warm-up sorted. Um, so those are just a couple of little quick mindset tips to help you over that hump, whether it's in the morning and you get out of bed and you're going training or after work or whatever the case may be. Perfect, Lucy. That's, that's gold. With the breathing, just to add in as well, it's the with when often when you've you've just not just flipping the mindset, you're also flipping things like the diaphragm. 
Mm. A lot of the time, if people have been in a sympathetic state throughout the day, which a yeah. lot of us are throughout the day now, then if we go out to, uh, for a run and we're breathing through our upper chest and breathing through our shoulders, a lot of people we get massive results with just by them realising that they can breathe properly into their lungs and they're actually going out with not having enough energy to run not because their breathing pattern's off. <laughs> so getting that breath going and, as Lisa said, with the nasal breathing is a, is a great thing to add in and a very simple thing to add in as well now, as we go through this there's already we haven't even got to the movement part yet and we've already had quite a long discussion <laughs> so what we want people to realize is we're creating a toolbox for you so that's a toolbox of things that you'll be able to pull out when you need them some of you won't need the breathing as much as others depending on what else has happened in your day already it's a great thing to do but some of you may find you've had quite a relaxing afternoon before you go run and you're already breathing very nicely so you don't need to use the breathing as much as someone that's been in a stressful situation for the afternoon or is in a very sympathetic state before they before they head out. So it's um, so just briefly on the, the sympathetic, and I think I've, I've covered this in a couple of podcasts, but just to recap, uh, sorry, tip the computer over. Um, you have a parasympathetic and a sympathetic nervous system. So you, uh, when you're in a, a, a sympathetic state, what we're meaning by that is that you're in an, a hypervigilant, alert, stressed out state where you are producing quite a lot of stress hormones, your cortisol levels might be up, your adrenaline might be up, and your heart rate might be up, and your breathing very often is in the upper third of the chest. And this is telling your body, I'm in, I'm in fight or flight mode, there's, there's dangerous things happening to me, even if those dangerous things are just emails and a shitty telephone call from the boss, yeah? That isn't necessarily a lion or a tiger that, you know, used to be chasing us when we were back in the caveman days. But it's the same response in the body. And so what we wanted to do with this breathing exercise is to doing some diaphragmatic breathing. So that's breathing into the, into the belly. And we're going to do sessions on breathing because honestly, that's a couple of books worth, but it's all about flipping it, getting that uh, sympathetic nervous system activated. So you have nerves in the bottom of your lungs. And when you do very good, strong exhales are really important and breathing in with the diaphragm you're actually activating those nerves at the bottom of the lungs and turning on that parasympathetic state now that parasympathetic state is all about rest and digest and recovery and immunity and all those repair processes now we are going into an exercise situation um, so we, we but but to start off in a place of not being stressed is a good place to start so flipping your mind and flipping your body over from one thing into the next thing so that's just a very brief touch on sympathetic versus parasympathetic states go oh, thanks Liz. so the next the next piece in the or the next tool in the toolbox is going to be our rolling or our myofascial release so the tools we use for this are our spiky ball is one of our favorites, mm-hmm. our rolling stick, which is like a rolling pin and a foam, foam roller. Easy wins and low-hanging fruit are always going to be your feet because they spend most of the day wrapped up in a, in a shoe. And generally, our feet don't move as well as they should. Our feet should ideally move like our, our hands do and our toes should move like our fingers. For most of us, they don't. So getting them out, getting them exposed to more um, n- um, neural stimulation and... Yep releasing any tight bits in the feet and getting them moving more freely makes a massive difference. You've got can, you explain, can you explain yeah, the neural stimulation? I think that's, that's a, it's a really why they're activating those, those fibres in the feet is, is the connection to the brain and the coordination. and connection, connection to the brain. One thing it do is it's like waking your feet up. Mm. So if I spent all day with my hand, for example, in a big glove um, and 
de- deprived it of, of senses and deprived it of being able to feel and touch things, I'd lose connection with what was going on around me. So I start to lose connection with understanding what was hot, what was cold and what things should, should feel like. If I can have that stimulation through my foot and the great thing with a spiky ball, we're not going to smash it, is it starts to wake the foot up again. So all I'm saying is, wake up, wake up. I'm sending messages from my feet, through my nervous system, up to my brain going, ah, that's how I move my big toe. <laughs> ah, that's how I'm big toe with running, real, real important, but that's how, I, that's how I move it. And that's how my other toes move. A lot of people find their toes are bunched together and, and tight. If we can get some movement through those, we start to get more more benefit from my running as well. Other people are going to have calves that are locked up and feet that are locked up. Everything in your body is connected. So if we start to stimulate the feet, we get massive results with people who've got lower back pain mm. or people who have got shoulder pain or neck pain because the connection with the fascia in the bottom of your foot that then runs up the back of your body, up across your calves, your hamstrings, your hips, starts to relax the tissue above as well. So simply two, two things that are going to happen as you do that. One is you're going to get some, um, some muscles relaxed that need to be relaxed. And the other thing, you're going to actually start waking the feet up. Yeah. Okay. Depending on where, and it's going to be very much dependent on where you're at as a person. Some people are carrying loads of tension in their body and some people are hypermobile. So those that are hypermobile aren't going to need these, these tools as much as those that are rigid and stiff, stiffer. Yeah. 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 Does that make sense? So you use yeah. the tools for what you, what you need. And that's the emphasis we want to make is doing this whole thing when we finish talking about it in its shortest version would be between five and eight minutes. A longer mm-hmm. version might be 12 to 15 minutes. But some of you are going to use more tools than others. So some of you, what we've discussed already, may use the breathing more than the rolling. But feet is an easy win. Calves are an easy win. Um, rolling around the hip area, uh, the glutes is a very easy win, the quads, and getting those areas both um, switching off muscles that need to be switched off, but also starting to wake up muscles that need to be woken up. And it's easy ways to do that with those tools. Gone are the days of static stretching and standing on the doorstep, doing your quad stretch, holding. All you're doing there is switching the nervous system off and increasing your likelihood of injury um, and um, and discomfort. So just to explain there what static and, and dynamic is for those who are perhaps unfamiliar with that term. So static stretching where you're holding a single stretch in one position for, I don't know, 30 seconds or something or longer. Um, and that's not a good thing to do prior to a run or, or exercise because you're you're actually lengthening that muscle and you're switching it off and making it too relaxed and then you're going to be able to look too, too floppy for the want of a better description, when you go out. And uh, so you want to be waking it up, activating it, getting the blood flowing through it, but not turning it off. The, the static stretching has its value, but that comes after the run or if you're doing, say, a yoga session or, or something like that, then it's a different thing. But you wouldn't go and do a yoga class and then go for a run, for example. That would be a, a recipe for injury, but you're wanting to activate uh, these different areas. Um, the other thing to note with the phone roll was um, – don't smash the crap out of yourself. Like it's not a go hard or go home <laughs> thing. Because I used to do that. To be fair, you know, when I was, you know, first started with foam rolling years ago, it was like, oh, the more it hurts, the the, the more I have to do it. And you know, as with everything, you you, you fight through the pain. But actually, 
uh, the more we've learned about lymph and and all the other stuff that we've learned and activating, you don't need to go full bore hard. If it's that painful, you should be around what six and seven, eh, Neil? For yeah. for what you're doing um, with the foam rolling, and you know we have lots of videos and stuff on our YouTube channel. If anybody wants to check it out, or of course joining joining our club, and you'll find out all that sort of uh, detailed information. But um, so that's the activation uh, piece. So your hips, your calves, your feet are a good place to start. It's a good techniques, just uh, simple techniques to work with are release with awareness. So we've already talked about breathing. If you find a sensitive spot, you can apply some pressure to that. Again, no more than a sort of six or seven out of ten. Use your breath in through your nose, out through your nose to actually release. Your, your nervous system is already talked about and your body's fully connected. So by using my mind to tell my brain and uh, to tell my foot or the muscles in my foot to switch off or switch on, I can have that control over my body. I'm using the spiky ball to stimulate it, which gives me something to feel. And then I can say, right, wake up or tone down. So use the breath with awareness um, or release with awareness by using the breath to actually switch things off. If something feels tight, um, you can imagine it the, the muscle actually switching off, toning down, almost like it's got a volume button on it and you're turning yeah. it down. Okay. Yeah. Next technique, which is a good one, is uh, a pin and stretch. So if you find an, a niggly spot, if we're thinking about rolling the calves, I'm sitting on, my, on the floor with my calf um, leg up on a roller. If I find a niggly spot, then I can actually pin it and then I can move my, forward, my foot backwards and forwards. So I'm pinning and then stretching by moving my foot in and out of plantar and dorsiflexion, okay? Um, And then actually flushing the muscles as well is another great technique where we're rolling lightly up and down um, and across the muscle and a great way to almost like imagine like your muscles like a sponge where you're you're wringing it out and then putting it back in a a bucket of water so it can absorb again and and wringing it out. So we're actually flushing it out and getting fluid moving backwards and forwards. Yeah, and lump and so on. Yeah, no, that's absolutely... That's key. All right. Cool. So next on our list. So now we've we've breathed. We've worked out where we're at if we come back from the top. We've worked out um, where we're at from a mindset um, and breathing. Mindset, breathing. We've rolling, now rolling. And now we're going to look at our that the body is all connected. So we're going to look at our fascia. So the body is connected. Again, like static stretching, gone are the days where we should be looking at the body in isolation and looking at warming up or moving specific muscles like our chest on its own or our biceps or triceps on their own or our thighs on their own. Mm-hmm. The body is connected from toes to head. So the fact that it's connected from toes to head and there is um, fascia lines that are running right across our bodies, front, side, back. We want to be in a position that the movements we're doing in our warm-up should help open, lengthen, move, Imagine your fascia like a superhero suit. I love talking about superheroes. Um, superhero suit, and you can um, that superhero suit should move easily. And you should be able to move easily in it. So what we're doing with these big fascia movements is you want to be in a position where you're getting that superhero suit just to fit a little bit better and fit a bit more comfortably. And if you do that, then it fits more comfortably. So when you start running, you're running more freely. We haven't got any sticky bits. Okay? So what so is fascia? Moves- so like, just explain a little bit, you know, in two seconds it's like the chicken skin. I know it's like each of these subjects we could do an hour on seriously, but um, the fascia. So we all know we've got ligaments, we've got tendons, we've got muscles, but a lot of people really have a struggle. What the hell's fascia then? And, and, and what do you mean? It's all over my body and and you get it. Like, you know, you know, absolutely everything. 
<laughs> so in two seconds, fascia connects everything. It will connect the 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 tissue, like you described, the chicken, um, the chicken, chicken, skin. skin on chicken. Yeah. Um, it's under. It's it's at a superficial level. Um, it connects muscles. It connects bone. It connects your vital organs. So if there's anything locked up in any of that fascia, and it's almost like a um, like a web, if you look at it, if yeah, you want to Google there's a good fascia analogy. and have a have a look at it, and depending on what parts of your body you're looking at, will depend on how dense that web is. It's a Spider-Man suit, but it's like a spider cobweb suit. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly exactly that. So you want that that to be, that to all move freely. If I've got something that's locked up and my fascia is sticky or it's not moving as well as it could, then it could be that I've got a shoulder pain on my left shoulder um, that's that's actually coming from from my, my right foot. Yep. Yep. So it's it's looking at and, and all we're doing with these big fashion fascial movements and looking at our myofascial lines, uh, and very simply speaking, the, the anterior, posterior, and, and down the side of the body as well. It's starting to get that suit to fit more comfortably and yep. starting to iron out any of those sticky spots. Now, if you find that as you're moving through some of these movements, that you find that you are stickier in some areas than other, it starts to let you know that you've got some imbalances there. Now, on top of that, as part of the dynamic movement, you then want to add in some run-specific movements. So if I'm going to run, I'm going to be spending time on a single leg. Mm-hmm. So I want to, in some point in my warm-up, I want to be doing something that ideally is on a single leg and is involving opposite arm and opposite leg like running wheel. Mm-hmm. So the warm-ups and dynamic movements we include as part of our warm-up will include stuff that resembles running, gets blood flow and heart rate up, gets tissue open and ready to move and work and gets me ready for the run. So when I get into the run, I'm not spending the first two or three K trying to iron myself out, open up my fascia. I'm actually running comfortably because my body is now awake. My blood pressure, heart rate, breathing rate and tissue are all up and warmer. And I'm in a position where I can move, move more freely. Yeah, that, no, makes, that sense. makes sense. Yeah. So without having been able to show you visually here how to do the exercises, um, what we are working on is getting a little, uh, some sample runners warm ups to do that will show you some of the, um, some of the d- dynamic movements that we're talking about here to open up and get that fascia going. We haven't got that organized yet, have we, Neil? Um, hopefully by the time this comes out, we might have something, uh, or coming soon <laughs> to, to give you a bit of an example of types of things that we're talking about here so just to to recap from the top once again because it it sounds like a hell of a lot to do before every single run but actually we're talking five to eight minutes or if you're doing a really that's the other thing if you're doing a super intense workout you need to warm up longer like today I did an interval session so I spent more time on the rolling and the activating and the 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 getting the heart rate up and doing the drills which we'll cover in a second Um, and before I actually went hard because I don't want an injury and the harder the training session is, the more the more I'm going to be engaging all my muscles to sprint, then I need to have everything at operating temperature. If you think about a, a car on a winter's morning, if you turn the motor off and then jam your foot on the accelerator and tear off, what's going to happen? Your car's not going to be very happy with you because it hasn't been able to warm up, get the blood going or the petrol going or whatever it is in a car. Um and get it up to warmth and get it up to speed before you go flat tack, if that makes sense. So um, so we've done the mindset, changing your mindset, putting your gear on, getting your head in a good space, tricking yourself into just 
getting out the blooming door for starters. Then we've covered off some breathing. We've covered off some activation exercises, rolling the feet, rolling the calves, rolling around in, in the hips with the foam rollers and the balls. Then we've gone and looked at some um, uh, warm-up exercises, which is activating all your fascia, getting your heart rate up and so on. And the last piece of the puzzle, and this should all take you five to eight minutes, 10 minutes if you're doing a hard session. The last part of that puzzle, Neil, what's that? It's the drills. So we do some run-specific drills. Like I was saying with the dynamic movement, and this becomes part of the dynamic movement, so there's quite a lot of crossover here anyway. Yeah. It's not- it is part of the uh, part of that movement. So things like we we were talking about opposite arm, opposite leg movement. So things like some of our favourite um, our favourite ones are simple things like ball of foot hops, which is like a skipping movement mm-hmm. where we're just bouncing, landing on ball of foot with the heel kissing the floor. So warming the body up, starting to get the elasticity in the muscle doing the job it should, um, and getting ourselves ready to ready to roll. We use some other run-specific movements like our forward lunge, which is a simple um, opposite arm, opposite leg movement, where we're starting to really work on the pull of the leg um, and the action of running. Um, And then another good one that we get some great results with is our karaoke, which is a crisscross of the legs. And you can Google karaoke and have a look, and you'll um, you'll see that. Or we've got videos of these drills if anyone wants them. Yeah, please let us email us. Please let us know. And the whole idea of these is that. Again, everything hips are open, heart rates up, blood pressures up, and we're ready to we're ready to move. And we've done some movements that are run specific. So when we go run, we're actually ready to run. So to break it down and give you an example of what my my normal warm up would look like, I'll always roll my feet. Okay, I will always I go through, always go through my my breathing. Sorry, I go through my breathing to start. I'll then go through and roll my feet. I'll roll my um, my calves. And I roll across the top of my hips and up either side of my back. So they're my go-tos. From there, I will do three usually big, um, big fashion movements: one for the front of the body, one for the side of the body, one for the back of the body. And then I go through two or three drills. So I go out and run. On a recovery run, that will take me about five minutes. Okay. On a higher intensity run, as Lisa was saying before, or an interval run, that might take me sort of twelve to fifteen minutes. But it's you. You take which bits of the tools you want out of the toolbox. And then you start using them from, from your perspective. The other bit to throw in the just throw in the mix finally is just looking as well. I'm a big fan of using music. We've, we've talked about this quite a lot before as well, Lee. So mm. music helps me with cadence. So if I'm yep. doing an interval run, I find music um, really helps me with cadence to help me keep my, my cadence up. If I'm doing a recovery run, then I don't enjoy using music as much because I'd rather you know hang out and Nature. get more of yep. a meditative state and, and chill out from there. So thinking as well about what's on your playlist – does music motivate you and help add to the mindset or does silence help add to the mindset? Working out what you need for each run and should it be part of that session? I use music often in my warm-up and the music I choose for a recovery run is significantly different than one I use when I'm warming up for an interval run. Yep. One's going to be really lifting me intensity-wise and mindset-wise. The other's going to be letting me know that this is going to be cruisy, it's going to be laid back, it's going to be about recovery. Yep. So using That's those tools excellent. as well can, might, can make quite a significant difference yeah because it really, is, it's all sorry, about the, sorry yeah, it's, it's all about the mind part of the puzzle really you know you put a um i don't know thunderstruck on when you're trying to do an interval <laughs> session and you're like yeah, you know like you're, you're, you're amped up and you're, you're going for it and the cadence helps you and so on and that's that's using 
your body to activate those that, that again that, that in that case you're activating some adrenaline and, and getting that going which you need for that session um, and then you know you want to calmer calmer ones if you if you're just doing a recovery where you don't want to be smashing yourself and you just want to be cruising then you want a more cruising music um, or but just uh, on that note though just be be aware if you're in traffic uh, you know, it can be really dangerous and I've been <laughs> hit by a car because I had bloody things in my ears and and I was unaware of the, the traffic around me. So just being a little bit uh, cautious if you are out running on, on roads and, and crossing streets, especially when you come to intersections and you can't hear that car coming around the corner. And, yeah, pick, your, and, pick what you're doing and where you're doing it. Yeah, be aware, <laughs> be aware of your environment. <laughs> Looking look, then, you, you should have that toolbox in place now looking at what you're currently doing, who you are, and how much of, in a, in a warm-up, what percentage you use each tool for will be quite different for each person. So as we said at the start, some people will need to spend more time breathing. Some people may need to spend more time rolling. Others may need to spend more time with the dynamic warm-up. You'll all do a little bit of each, but it's going to be the percentage will be different. And when you use each tool, is going to depend on what you're doing and what's on your, what's on your program. And one other point there is that you will have, and I promise you this, a much more fun run and you'll enjoy it more if you've put the time into this warm-up piece of the puzzle um, because I know and a lot of us are under time pressure and stress and we've got, like, I've got 30 minutes. I've got to get my run in today. That's all I've got. I don't want to spend 10 minutes warming up. Okay, negotiate with yourself and try and do at least five minutes because it's better to get that five minutes because that other 25 is going to bring you more than that extra five minutes of running, if that makes sense. Because you, the, if you talk to runners, most people, and if you're a beginner, you, you might not be aware of this, but the first 20 to 25 minutes are absolute crap for everybody all the time. <laughs> you know, it's very rare when you just run out the door if you haven't warmed up that you'll be enjoying yourself and it'll be, your body will be stiff and it'll be sore, it'll be not activated, you won't have a good posture, you'll feel like your heart and your cardiovascular system hasn't woken up. All of that can be avoided if you do all of this in the preparation preparation uh, it's like laying a foundation of a house if you do it on a on quicksand you you're not going to have a very stable house if you do it on concrete and you put your foundations and your poles in properly you're going to have a house that stands for a long time and you're going to enjoy your run a lot more um, you know today's session was a was a classic example of that you know interval session full-on hardcore big good workout uh, warm-up prior and the session wasn't nearly so difficult than if I'd just jumped on and, and, you know, jumped out the door and done it. So don't underestimate that. <laughs> nice, nice. Good, good, good parting words, Lise. Good final yeah. words. Don't underestimate it. I like it. Don't underestimate like a good warm-up. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, people, if you've enjoyed this content, please uh, share this, this with your fa- friends and family. Share it. Get it out there. Get it out in the world. We really appreciate you doing that. And if you you know, want to come and join us at Running Hot Coaching, this is what we do and what we love is to uh, help people with their running journeys and inform people. And as you can see, we take a very holistic approach to to our running and to our health programs and to all of the programs that we do because we look at people as whole people and not as runners or not as 
you've got a health issue, a specific health issue. We look at the whole person the whole time so that you can actually get the best performance because there's no optimal performance without optimal health. That's probably a good place to leave it, actually. I like it. Nice. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Neil, for your wisdom. As always, epic. Uh, really appreciate you, mate. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Thanks, guys. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends. And head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com 